So today we continue on our journey in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And last week we stopped in verse 8 of chapter 2. The Bible says, by grace you, you have been saved through faith. And it's not your own works, lest anyone should boast. You know, let me, let's read it. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, we read verse 8. I'll connect that to what we, we will be talking about today. Amen. So Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved, <coughs> excuse me, through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So today, I'm going, I'm, I title this message as created to live a meaningful life created to live a meaningful life and i would like you to personalize it i am created to live a meaningful life and you can repeat that to yourself i am created to live a meaningful life if you forget everything else i talk about today hold on to that word i am created to live a meaningful life and i want to challenge you that you intentionally want to live a meaningful life a life that has value a life that produces a life that advances the kingdom of God, a life that has meaning. I understand that life situation circumstances may have fizzled doubt of our mind and our emotions, God's plan and purpose for our lives. Now, what life has done to you does not change God's plan and purpose for your life. But what life did Okay, what life did to you affected you, but it did not affect, affect God. Satan cannot stop God's plan and purpose for your life. It could have hindered you and stopped you or bind you or resist you, restrict you from advancing into what God has, has in store for you. So whatever has happened to your life happened to you on your side, but it does not change God's plan and purpose for your life. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, your, your worth and value in the eyes of God cannot reduce, cannot diminish. I've said that to say that how God sees you, the value and the worth that God sees in you and he has placed on you or in you in Christ Jesus is still very intact. What I'm trusting God that today's message will do for you is that the life of God, the value of God in you, will begin to find the expression as you push yourself into God's plan and purpose for your life. So your life was created to be a meaningful one. And I pray that this today, you will begin to step into meaningfulness by living intentionally. It's going to be uh, a new kind of journey for us as a church family as I prepare and train us to be more people, to be people who live intentionally. So if there's any time in the history of mankind to join Transformers Church, it is now. So please don't miss the bus. Praise the Lord. So let me combine, let me link last, the, the closing verse for, from last week with our core verse for today. Our core verse today is verse 10. So last, verse 8 says, last week we read verse 8. Verse 8 says, for by grace 
you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So your salvation came by God's grace through faith, which you received when you had the gospel. And salvation, which you received, also came with gifts of the Spirit. There's a difference between fruits of the Spirit, which are character evidence of our new life in Christ Jesus. Character evidence, I mean, sound character, better character, quality character. So those are fruits of the Spirit. They are documented in the book of Galatians chapter 5. But the gift of the Spirit, these are divine enablement to carry out God's assignment on earth. So being saved in Christ Jesus, that grace that came to you, which is God's undeserved kindness and mercy towards you, demonstrated in the purpose of Christ, sorry, demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ when he died for you, because Jesus, Jesus came to die for you even when you don't deserve it. Watch this. Now, that undeserved kindness, that grace did not only bring you salvation, but also brought you divine abilities to do what God has created you to do. So if God is calling you to live a meaningful life, or if he has designed you to live a meaningful life, he has also given you what you need to live that meaningful life. But life may have beaten you black and blue, making you feel empty and worthless, but that is not true. Amen. What happened to you on the external? What happened to you emotionally? Who beat you up? Who divorced you? Who cheated you? Who cheated on you? Does not eradicate or even tamper with the core worth and value you carry on the inside of you. Amen. Praise God. So God has put inside of you, or put it, I'll put it this way, with that grace that you received also came with this divine ability. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us about the giftings given to us. It said, if anyone is called to lead, let him lead that according to how God has enabled him. The Bible says that each one of us should minister to one another with the ability God has given to us. The Bible even tells us to minister as to speak like a oracle of God. Right, and then I'm trying to remember which other uh, scripture that talks about your gifts. And I think Romans chapter 12 also talks about the gifting of God inside of you. So we have God's gift on the inside of us that came to us or that we received by grace. Isn't it amazing that the grace of God given to you to fulfill His purpose is not something you develop by your human skill and talent? Because if it is something you develop by yourselves, maybe you cut, you cut your purpose or your vision, your dream from somewhere, it means that you know, when circumstances or situations around you change, you may have lost it. And that is why I say to people, so you, may be, you, may be, you, may, you may be a good golfer, right? I mean, someone who plays golf. But golfing is not your divine purpose. No. The ability to golf, right, could be used as a tool to minister the gospel because of the kind of people you go to, you, you roll with, and also expressing the creative ability of God on the inside of you. I watched a movie about um, Mike Jordan. It turns out that Mike Jordan's brother, Michael Jordan's brother, was better than him in basketball than himself. So, if we're to look at who is more talented. Among Mike, uh, between Michael Jordan and his brother, his brother was more talented than himself. But Michael, Michael Jordan, to me, 
is the greatest basketballer of all time. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So which means, what, my, what, make, what made Michael Jordan be the best basketballer of all time was the effort he put into it. Was, was the effort he put, he put into it because there were more people who were more talented than him, but he became the best because of the effort he put into it. And even at that, basket, playing basketball is not his ultimate purpose in life. The guy is retired now. Does that mean that that's the end of his life? So, so there are many things I'm saying from those stories. So what has God put on the inside of you that you think is insignificant? If a man who is not born again, maybe now he is, but watching this video, I think he has a Christian background, you can, I think, kind of thing. But if a man who does not attribute his talent to God could put in so much effort and became a world star, and I'm not trying to encourage you to think about becoming a global celebrity. But if a man will put in a lot of effort and focus on what God has put on his hand, not, well, the ability, the human ability in him, which is also, we can say, an expression, of, an expression of the creative ability of God on the inside of him, creativity, pardon me how I put it this morning, then what makes you think that by, by putting effort in what you know that God has given to you, you will not command greater feats? That will impact the world. See, no basketballer, no matter how much of basketball matches anybody has watched, it cannot reconcile them to the Father. But you as a child of God, God has put inside of you abilities and the ability to creatively express the goodness and the kindness of God so that people can receive the gifts of eternal life. You are in a much better place than any celebrity in the world because what you have is able to give life to other people. Life to many people. Amen. So, come with that grace is not only salvation, but the ability to function, to do certain things, to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. So, and the Bible makes us understand that. Say, don't try to boast. Right? Don't try to boast about what you have. It is... You did not receive that divine ability to minister by your own works, by your own effort. It is the gift of God. So your salvation and the ability to do what God has called you to do came by the grace of God. So no one should harass people in the church who are not as gifted as they are. It's ungodly. Because there's nothing that you have that you have not received from the Lord. If you're a chorister and you can sing so well that angels are moving, no, you don't need to boast about it. You give glory to God. And that gifting was given to you to serve the body of Christ, to serve people, not to elevate yourself and elevate yourself above, above other people. And ministers of the gospel, pastors also need to be careful how they celebrate or how they draw attention or magnify the giftings of people, ignoring their character. Amen. So the grace of God comes with brings salvation and also brings divine enablement to do what God has called you to do. Amen. So let's connect that to verse 10. The Bible says, Now you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So you are saved by grace, right? True faith, not your, not your works, is, so that you don't boast. It's a gift of God, right? And because you are saved by grace, Operating by grace, what do you do? You go on to what to do good works. Mm. 
saved by grace, through faith, unto good works. The, salv- the, the, the salvation that grace brought into your life came with a recreation. We're going to look at that in, in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2, 10, Amplified. <clears throat> so, excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know how to put this. Maybe to look at it from the point of the fact that God has designed you, you know, which the Bible says that as you come in Christ Jesus, as you take your place in Christ Jesus, you experience a supernatural recreation. Let me show you. Ephesians 2.10, let's go to Amplified. It reads, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, that is, born anew, born again, that we may do those good works which God predestined, that is, planned beforehand for us, taking part which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So to be born again means to be recreated. And when you are now recreated in Christ Jesus, right, you are recreated to do good works. So you are not, we don't do good works to hence salvation. We don't do good works to hence God's favor. We do good works because we have earned the faith, we have received the, <laughs> not end, please correct it, correct it, correct it. <laughs> we do good works because we have received the gift of righteousness. We have received the gift of grace. So, our living right, doing good works, fulfilling purpose, is not to prove anything to God or to serve God so that it can bless us. No. We serve God, we serve people as an expression of our new nature in Christ Jesus. So beware of teachings that tell you that come and serve God so that I can bless you. Those teachings are erroneous. They are not correct. You bless people. You serve God as a response to the gift of grace you have received. So when the Bible says we are God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, right? The Bible says that which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God prepared some work for you in advance to do. He created you unto a purpose, unto a greater cause, cause to live a meaningful life. So you're responding to the fact that you are now recreated in Christ Jesus is to do good works. So it's a responsibility to discover what you were created to do. You can easily pick one or two of your talents and try to build your life, your career, your purpose on that. But what if you retire from that, co- from that talent? I mean, if you're a sprinter runner, you cannot sprint all your life. By the time you begin to hit 40, 50, 60, you will not be as fast as someone who is still in their 20s. So, though our natural talent can be a way for us to connect with people and minister the gospel to them, our natural talent are not in uh, in and of itself. I want to try to say that in English, right? Okay, our natural talent in and of themselves are not our purpose. They could be tools to help us 
fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life, but in and of themselves, they are not our purpose. I remember speaking to a 16-year-old boy. He was, a, he was, a, he was, in, he was athletic, maybe still. This guy's athletic. He, you know, he run, play football, and things like that. Man, I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable with the pride and arrogance I saw in him. Now, so I felt prompted to ask him a question. I said, if sports was taken away from you, so what will your life look like? And he said to me, life would, no long, life would not be worth living if sports were taken away from me. What a disastrous life. Obviously, he's not aware of what he's getting himself to. He said, life would no longer be worth living if sports was taken away from him. God forbid, what if he had an accident? And long, and no longer, or an injury and he no longer can run or play sport as he was playing for sport. Do you see why parents, we need to get our head right in the right place and not compare our children with other children and, and take it upon ourselves to understand what it means to live a life of purpose because as many parents who do not understand what it means to live a purposeful life in Christ Jesus, they will cast an image, let me put it in a negative sense, a spell on their children, expecting the children to become something for certain reasons, some to make themselves proud. My, my son is a doctor. My daughter is a nurse. They will cast this spell on them, expecting the children to be certain way, to live up to certain standard, which unconsciously they may be actually blocking the child from becoming what God created him to be. Because they are so much focused on the external, on the talent, and what the world and society celebrate. Amen. So you don't compare your child to other child. Amen. I've actually gone ahead of myself talking about a few things that I was going to talk about later on. Amen. So, for, so your talent is not your purpose. There is a purpose. Your talent could be a tool to help you fulfill purpose, but talent in and of itself is not your purpose. Amen. So the Bible makes us to understand in that context that you and I have been freed from sin and given a new purpose to live for. So in the world, you may be living for something that the world celebrates, but in Christ Jesus, you need to renavigate. Hallelujah. Because in Christ Jesus, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. In Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. I'm getting so fired up this morning. In Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of you. Who can navigate you? I said, who can? I didn't say, who will? Because Holy Spirit will not force you. You have to yield yourself to him. But you need to be aware that as a new believer, no, your life is different. Your case is different. You don't pursue things like the people of the world pursue it. You're going to burn out. You're going to wear out. I've done it several times. It didn't work. My best performance are the ones that I done dependent on the Holy Ghost. When I tried to run many things by my strength, I was burning out. I was failing. I was struggling. To some extent, the people around me, that's a, that's a long story. We're not helping matters because... When people around you kind of suppress you and they treat you like someone who is insignificant, in a way to kind of like have your head above water, you begin to live your life to prove something to them so that they don't keep trashing you when you're supposed to get out of the place and block those people from, access, from, from accessing your life, which I did eventually, but it was kind of late because I left it for over 10 years to come to my senses. 
Amen. Praise God. Right, let's carry on. <clears throat> so you are freed from sin and given a new purpose to live for. So in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you and can navigate you to God's original design and purpose for you. So now you are aware that you have a new purpose in Christ Jesus. Or you have a purpose pre-existing the time you give your life to Christ. So purpose is not something that we, we carve out, we design for ourselves. Purpose is something that we discover. Because as long as we believe that we were created by God, right, we can't teach God or tell God what he should do with our lives. We can only discover from him based on our relationship with him, discover from him what he created us for. Amen. I need to say this. Just the way you have products, you know, good products around you, TVs, vehicles, and that kind of stuff. Before these products were created, there was a purpose, there was an intention in the mind of the manufacturer. So don't expect God to be to be of lower quality or ability than a, hum than a human being, such that he created you, then, it, then, it, then he's thinking, what will I do with the life of this person? What would I do with the life of Cynthia? What would I do with the life of Kemi? No, no, no. Before Kemi was born, he had a purpose. Now that Kemi is born, and now in Christ Jesus, Kemi needs to work with God and the Holy Spirit to find out what God is saying, concerning what God has said in advance concerning our life. So to live a meaningful life as a believer, <laughs> you need to first of all recognize that you have been engraced, you have received the gift of grace and engraced to do work that God prepared in advance for you to do. Amen. So we are freed from sin and given a new purpose to live for. Amen. So doing the good works is God has prepared for us to do is how we respond to the gift of salvation. I touched on that earlier on. Amen. <clears throat> so let's take it further now. So the Bible says there, so we, we talk about, I think I've mixed, uh, skipped a few things. There's something I did not, I didn't uh, take my, I got so passionate, I didn't go into details. <clears throat> when the Bible says, excuse me, when the Bible says you are God's workmanship, what do you think it means? You are God's workmanship. It means you are God's handiwork, masterpiece. Ha! Kabaye. Libro huske brahalikele. From this point, I feel like praying for half an hour in tongues. You are God's masterpiece. Friends, I feel like speaking to ladies here. You know, sometimes some ladies, some girls think because they don't have the physical features of, Mrs., of the Miss World, of, of Miss Argentina, of Miss Britain, right? Of all Miss Camden. So they think they are inferior. They feel they are no masterpiece. They feel they are nothing. But do you know those features that these ladies carry? You know they fade with time. So if the purpose of a woman or a lady is to be Miss World, Miss Argentina, Miss UK, Miss your State. I need more states. Guys, give me more. Miss Syria alone. How many other, which other countries do we have in this church? Right. Whatever means it. So does that mean that when that lady hits 40, and she, she's not looking as glam and as, you know, guess you know what I'm talking about. She's not looking, you know, like she was looking when she was 20. Does that mean her purpose has ended? <laughs> See, there's more to you than what you look like. 
Paluska Brahali Ketibuzo prayer. There's more quality and value in you than what you look like. And I think it's because we have our sense of value and worth distorted. We think what the world celebrates is what carries value. But do you know that the world, to a very much extent, does not know what is doing them? They are heavily distracted. Majority are heavily distracted. Okay, let me try to bring, bring it to the world of content creation. I realized that... <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. I realized that web, uh, YouTube account, even Instagram account... Let me, I'll, I'll stick to YouTube. YouTube account that had real value to people's life, they have far less views, thousands less views than many than entertainment channels. So channels that are educative, that empower people to learn to grow them, you know, they have less views by thousands and even on some occasions millions than entertainment channels. But do you know the ones that get the highest pay? The value adding channels. So you go on certain channels, what you see is millions and millions and millions of views. But when it comes to the remuneration, the ones that have real value to people that the majority of the world does not embrace or accept is the one that gets better paid and better remunerated. So when our sense of value is distorted and we look at when we place value on what the empty world, the world that is full of emptiness, places value on, right? We labor on things that we should not be laboring on. One. And secondly, we don't tend to appreciate the, the, master, the, the masterful effort of the creator in creating us. You see, you are God's masterpiece. Now, the Greek word for that masterpiece there come, is, um, that word comes from uh, the word pima. Or workmanship, is that a masterpiece or workmanship? Now, Ephesians 2 says you are God's workmanship. Excuse me. That word comes from the Greek word pima. P-O-I-E-M-A. And it means something that is made or crafted with skill. <laughs> you know, when I, since I started meditating on this last week, and even as I took my time to meditate, I felt bad for myself this morning. I've consoled myself before I came to service. And I said, Lord, help me to overcome, to get over, to come out of this. Because as I was meditating on it this morning, huh, Jesus, Lord. And I saw how I allowed some things in life and some people in life to toss my life here and there. Because I did not know or see that I am masterfully created. I felt so bad and sorry for myself. For like 30 minutes, I was feeling bad for myself. I said, Lord, you're going to help me. I need to teach you this morning. I need to come back. And the Lord kept telling me, he said, that's the past. You didn't know. Now you know. Now you know what it takes, what it feels, and what it looks like for a young person not to understand the value and the worth they carry. So because you know how it really feels, so you go out there and educate young people, young adults, to say, don't give your mind and your life to these disgusting and value-degrading things. So single adults, watch out. We are coming on this journey. Amen. See, your workmanship, you know, it means something that is made or crafted with skill. So you are, see, God took his time to skillfully craft you. But for young ladies, you but if God took his time to skillfully craft me, but I, I don't look like that girl in my class. You are trying to celebrate what it was celebrated. Now tell me, the girl in your class that seems to have all the package, 
what value or life is she giving to people because of her looks? Who does looks help to add value to their lives? Amen. Who? Praise God. It's so bad that we have so much relegated the craft, the, the workmanship, the masterful, those are my own words, the, the skillfulness. You know, there's a word I'm looking for that, will, that can make it sound, you know, big. You know, I mean, this, this God's masterful work, masterpiece, masterful, right? Bear with me, right? Amen. So this God's work, we have so much relegated it to looks and trivial things. Well, you are repenting this. You are repenting this morning. I believe in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen. So you are God's masterpiece and the work. So you need to bear in mind, regardless of what how you look, regardless of how you feel, regardless of the talents or abilities you have, you are God's masterpiece. I repeat, regardless of how you look, regardless of what you look like. <laughs> Should I give you one bonus? Many of us, our looks is because of how our appearance look. So don't. So if you are told you want to feel bad, go and, go and feel bad for your for your parents. <laughs> and this silly this morning. I'm, on that, I'm just being silly. Amen. Right. So if your dad and mom are not six feet tall, and you are not six feet tall, so why are you angry? So you want to blame your mom to that? Why didn't she marry someone who is six feet tall? We are not serious. I'm trying to say that <laughs> what really has value, what actually brings meaning to life, thank you, Holy Spirit, is not looks, is the worth and the value you carry on the inside of you, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Let's carry on. So we, you are God's workmanship, masterpiece, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Praise the Lord. So I've tried to establish the fact that you are not saved unto you are not saved by good works, you are saved unto good works. Now, so the final part is this. So when we say created in created in Christ Jesus, that's what NKGV says. Uh, amplifies says recreated. So that creates there, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. It comes from the from the Greek word Cizo, K-T-I-Z-O, meaning of God creating the world. So it reemphasizes the fact that your creation, nobody could, nobody, nobody could create you the way God creates you. Am I making any sense there? I'm listening to myself. You know, when the Bible says, because what to say, what they, uh, they conquered, how they conquered us, put it this way, it said, of God creating the world. So which means you are God's creation. You belong to God. You are God's creation. Nobody can replicate God's creation. That is you. No one can create the sky. Nobody can create the universe. Nobody can create the sun. Nobody can create you know, animals. They, you know, even though biology tries to use stem cells and all kind of stuff like that. But, but the Bible is saying to you here that you, see, you are God's creation. You didn't fall from heaven. You, your life is not your your own in a sense that came out from somewhere. That's why when people say things like we are animals, we evolved from animals, that's not, let, me, let me use none of my nasty language. That's a stupid nonsense. 
to think that the human being that God took his time to create, if, that even, the Bible says he formed a man from the dust and a breath into him, the breath of life. Into through his nostrils, the breath of life, a man became a living being. God puts his own image inside of us. We are spirit, soul, and body. And somebody said, yeah, you, you vote for animals. And watch this again. The whole world is celebrating a man or people who say we involve from animals. Can you say that the, word, the, the, head of the, the head of the world is not correct? But you can't blame them. They do not know God. And that's why God has planted someone like me and many other preachers and pastors to educate you and to help you, to remind you of where you come from and who you are. Glory be to God. So you were created, specially created by God. And you were, do, you, you were created to what? In Christ Jesus, to what? To do good works. Is everything okay? Praise God. To do what? Good works. And there we're talking about, if we put everything together, what we are simply saying is that you were saved to live a meaningful story. And not a mundane life. And not to live a mundane life. A useless life. You were, what? You were saved to live a meaningful story, a meaningful life. Your journey in life is such one that is designed, was designed to be a meaningful one. Not a useless, empty one. Each and every, every one of us should have a divine purpose for which we wake up from bed in the morning. You know, when, we, when you wake up from bed in the morning, there must be something that is beyond what you look, the money you're going to make and things like that. Something that has eternal value, eternal worth. Something that touches lives. Something that heals, delivers people. So what counts is the life that we are, lives that we are able to change. Until eternal purpose, eternity. It's good we can help people with their finances and things like that. But everything, all those values and benefits end here. How can you help someone to really discover who God created them to be and to live out the life of God inside of them and be a blessing to their world? Are you surprised we are called a Transformers Church? A name I didn't coin in my mind or conjoin my mind that the Lord Jesus gave me and he said to me, you are the light of the world. Do you know how many years the enemy spent fighting me for this to do this, discouraging me and all kind of stuff, but yet I kept pressing until I got to where I am today and I've not started yet. If the, enemy, if the enemy can make you feel you are worthless or you are a person of no worth, he has won you and he will keep you grounded. I repeat, if the enemy through anybody, any means can make you feel you are not a person of worth or you are worthless or whichever description he gives you, he will keep you grounded. Many of us are wondering why our life is not really making progress. Why is our life not really making progress? Because... We have believed the lie of the enemy, which he has sold to us from and through people we look up to, people we admire, people we are vulnerable with. I was a victim for over 12 years. I know what I'm talking about. My life was caked and grounded because I was looking up to some other people, kind of because people I surrounded myself with. Grounded. And do you know the kind of people the enemy will use for you? Many times, good people. On the surface. See, some people think they love you. Wait until they begin to see you thrive. See, people, the true test of your friends is not when you are in a problem. The true test that will come to your friend will come when you begin to actually make it in life. 
when you begin to break through. See, I've seen people who were praying for me that, you know, I will get a job, I will do this, I will do that. Then I got a job, then they became so hostile, they were very angry. And, I'm think, and I was thinking, we all, you guys were praying for me that I should get a job. Now I got a job and you are, I mean, I remember one person, you could see this, because I got a temporary job at some point, you could see the anger in them, the rage. Because I got a temporary job working in a retail store in, here in UK, it was, it was retail. Can you see how weird people can, human, human beings can be? So sometimes, even the people you, you love the most in a sense, you'll be surprised, surprised that they don't love you. They themselves may not even know that they don't love you as much as they think they love you. So does that mean that you then, you, 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 you close up your life, you shut down your life? Am I making any spiritual sense to you people of God this morning that we, we you, you, are, you are created for something big. No matter what anyone has spoken into your life, this morning you have to declare and say they are wrong. Today you have to start speaking to yourself, say I am God's masterpiece. And never underestimate the power of the words you have to speak into your life. Many of us, our mind, our whole soul, our life, where we are right now, our ability to respond, to take ownership, to actually break through in life, is caged or the situation or the status is, is, is based on what people have spoken into your life, the environment we have lived in. Friends, so when I started my journey in this UK, I was energetic, I was driven, I was very purpose-driven, very disciplined, focused. You know, I had this super laser focus. Then I began to roll, to roll with average people. Do you know what happened to me? I became worse than them because they did everything possible to ensure that I was inferior to them and they did the work on me so well that it was very terrible. And these are very good people. In the surface, they give pastors. I mean, so, it is myself who was in their midst who can tell you that this person is not what they say they are. But to the entire world, people worship them, people serve them. But they are as wicked as anything. Amen. So, wherever you are in your life, God is using me this morning to call you, to draw your attention to people, to your dreams, to the things He has put on the inside of you. And what the people surrounding you are make, have made it to look like. Useless, worthless. And friends, you will have to speak. You have to keep speaking. And the more you speak the word of God, this word on yourself in your life, that you are God's masterpiece, watch what happens. You realize that the power and the hold of the enemy over your soul begins to break. It begins to break. You will have to speak. You will have to intentionally put yourself in an environment that will... That will help you, it begins to develop and cultivate a sense of value. Friends, don't underestimate what I'm saying. If you look at my background, my background is not a green screen. I was investing my savings in creating a space for myself to start helping me to see again the value and the worth that I carry. I'm trying to go back to 15 years ago, when I had the sense and this vision of a person, a leader, a global leader with global impact. Can you see what I just Did you just say what I said? What I just said? I want to go back 15 years back and pick myself up from there. Because when I started rolling with the wrong crowd, every put every sense of the consciousness, consciousness of what God has given to me was destroyed by the people I was rolling with. Amen. So you were safe to live a meaningful story and not to live a mundane life. I don't know what your life has become. You gotta wake up. 
you got to wake up. You are God's masterpiece. Stop burning light. Don't stop burning down the candle of your life, wasting it without using it to make something happen, to make the world a better place. It's inside of you. God has given you unique gifts, skills, and passions to accomplish the work that he has set before you. One thing I know, what I've noticed, especially in this UK, and some weird African people that I've come across, they will do everything to subdue your passion. They can't kill it. Mine, I, you know, I, there was a time in my life that, oh, I don't want to go into, into, into details, I don't want to go into details because of, um, because of our time. There was a time it was so bad, it was so terrible for me. It was so tough for me to be able to even move myself, to even lift my hand in the direction of what God has called me to do because these people that I was surrounded with did a terrible and demonic number on me. And I'm, people, I'm, not, I'm talking about six people or more. And that's the situation many of us are. Many of us are right now, many of you guys. And many of us are even surrounded with more, more people. But if God could raise me and begin to get me back on my feet, it will do much more for you. God's gift and potential inside of you are not, cannot be destroyed. But you have to start working on your mind. I've been on this journey now for nearly 15 months. Is it going to 15 months now? Or just a year thereabout? And I'm still pressing. I mean, I mean, where I am today is much better than where I was this time last year. And I'm still pressing. I'm still pressing. I'm still pressing. Amen. And you'll be surprised. Just watch me come back in five years and see what I, my life will be like. Then you will really know that truly and truly, the people you allow, you give access to your life matters. Whether you will be able to fulfill God's plan or purpose for your life or not. Or, or the people's words you hold in high esteem will determine whether you fulfill God's plan or purpose or not. Because people who, don't, who speak contrary to God's plan and purpose for your life, if you, hold, if you believe and hold on to their words, you will never fulfill God's plan and purpose for, purpose for your life. And the problem is not with God. It's because of whose words you elevate. And if you have such people in your life today, you got to do something from today about it. Finally, so God has written a beautiful story for your life, but it will not force you to live in it. So four things to do. Uh, yeah, four things to do to help you to. Uh, let me see. Uh, I was going to talk about unhealthy comparison, but I have to talk about it next week. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to rush this. Uh, it's not as much to make up a salmon, but I'm just going to have to leave it to you next week. So I've said a lot of stuff. Play back this message, meditate on it, and let God speak to your heart. Amen. So next week I'll continue from here, where I'm going to probably packing more stuff about unhealthy comparison. Because this is one of the main reasons why many of us are not fulfilling our purpose or work going in the direction of what God has called us to do. I've talked about relationships in our life. I've talked about how life could have happened to us. Next week, I'll come into that on healthy comparison. On healthy comparison. I touched on it with kids you know, and parents, but I, I need to continue next week. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that's come to us this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus, open our eyes to see how much value and worth we carry. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. I, Lord, I speak into the life of the people. I pray that bondages will be broken, shackles will be broken, Lord. I pray that people's eyes, will be, eyes of understanding will be enlightened. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Their eyes of understanding will be enlightened to see. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To see, to see the worth and the value they carry. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I speak life to that soul in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak freedom to that life in the name of, of, of the Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that this life will be this life lives will be coming out of the oppression and manipulation of the enemy. And this life will begin to board and they will flourish in the name of Jesus. I I I condemn every voice of condemnation and destruction speaking to this mind. 
mind in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I speak freedom into the heart and the minds of your people. Freedom, freedom, courage, strength to break away from those demonic relationships and association. I pray, Father, that you open their eyes to see that, yes, they can leave. 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 That their lives is not bound or tied to these lives. That they can come out of them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for open doors, for people to come out of these destructive relationships, holding them back from becoming who you have created them to be. In the name of Jesus. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom to manage those relationships. The ones that are blood-related. The ones, the ones that connect to their family, their bloodline, their blood family. Yes, their family. Wisdom on how to cut off or to distance themselves in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.